Mom Save America is brought to you by Integration Partners, a nationwide network integrator specializing in cloud and security solutions. We actually have an OG, another OG partner. Yep. OG member of Integration Partners. Partners. I'm just yep. thinking about that now. Yep. Kelly, sure am. Yep. the napper. The, oh, is that what she was called? <laughs> no. She fell asleep were, one day in the office, so <laughs> she was named were, the napper. Were you pregnant? Because no. sometimes you fall asleep no, when you're pregnant. No, she was not pregnant. No. So... <laughs> I've had a couple of incidents. Yeah, there were two. I'm thinking of another as well. Um, and I don't mind sharing this, and that's okay. We all go through it. Um, Bart made me get a steak bomb from... I forget the name of the place, but they had the most fam, amazing, amazing subs in Waltham. In Waltham. Like it's a like, steak and cheese sandwich. It, yeah, they're like um, owned by TC Landos. It's the same brand. I, I think oh. it was technically the sub you ordered was called the heart attack. It, it might have been. Yeah. It might have been. It should have been called the stomach attack. Yeah. Um, T.C. Lanos was also called Fartsa in yeah, my yeah, yeah. So, okay. So, he made so, you get a steak and cheese. Yes. Sub. And about 30 minutes after that, I had to knock on his office door and I said, you're going to need to answer phones for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, the next thing he knew, I was gone for like 20 minutes. Oh, no. I got a, I got a giggling phone call from work that day from Bart. Just dying, laughing into the phone, saying, "Will the eight the heart attack sub? <laughs> She's in the bathroom." It and was. It was basically the four of you guys for a yeah, long time. Yeah. Well, and Mike Tavares too. Yeah. So, yes. anyways, integration partners. What's possible? I was uh, just about to say it. A Tina. heart attack is possible, yep. or a steak and cheese in the bathroom, or a nap, or a nap. <laughs> really, it's all possible. Just make sure that one's there. <laughs> make sure you're in, make sure you're alone. Okay. Thank you. Integration partners, what's possible? Hello, hello, and welcome to Mom Save America. My name is Tina Graff. I am here with Carrie Lucas and Kelly Linden, the Wilty. We are back for part two of our mom templating of balance, no balance, accountability, no accountability. We're gonna mom template all of that as well as later in the pod, we're gonna get to my interview with Clara Goldberg Freeman, founder and life coach of Hopefully You Consulting. Hopefully You Consulting is a company focused on transforming women's perspectives of themselves, their families, and their life's purpose. So as I had mentioned uh, last week, we are going to try to release my interview with her at the end of this podcast so you guys can hear that. It was pretty interesting. But before we start momtemplating on do women have a choice, which we really don't, let's just do some mom shares before we jump into you know, before we jumped into the main mom templating montage. I, I don't have any mom. The only mom share I have is the latest um, news from the Trumpanos. And I don't even know the stupid guy's name, but he's getting arrested for sex trafficking. Wait. I mean, can America step it up? Can we just oh, be better? Just for Jeff Franklin? What billionaire? I missed uh, okay. this. Okay, so, I thought you were going to talk about the teleprompter and how he oh okay. talked about the airplanes. Yes, in, in the with George Washington. I mean, that's just typical common. He's like, commonplace. you know, the aircraft yeah. back in the back revolution. Back at the airport. <laughs> My God, what a turd! Seriously, he said it. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> but then and he, then he said it was because the teleprompter was going too fast. No, he said it was because it was raining and the teleprompter got like clouded with the rain. I don't know how that has anything to do with an airplane. I don't, I don't know how that confusion so comes up. But anyways, ridiculous. that guy, so I don't know what his name, Kelly might have the right guy's name. Look it up. But he's a billionaire and he's friends with Trump, Bill Clinton. Ooh. Uh, yeah, and he's um, spent 13 years in jail for um, like pedophilia, like sex with minors. 
And now he's being investigated for sex trafficking. I'm like... Is he friends with um, the owner of the Patriots, too? Maybe. I don't know. His name is Jeffrey Epstein, um, arrested in New York on sex sex trafficking charges. charges. Yeah. Yeah, but how is he related to our Miami to New York. Well, he's friends with them. He's friendly. They've They've had... Friendly. I'm just saying. You no, know, it's the company you keep. I, Tina, I was just gonna I'm say sorry. that you stole my Jeez, line. I'm but sorry. that's always what we say. What it, what you're surrounding yourself yes. with is who you are. I yeah. mean, well, you cannot separate it. And I mean, I'm not leaving my Bill out of it. He's friends with him too. I mean, yeah. Well, Bill's a pervert. Yeah. I mean, seriously, he's always been a pervert. I guess so. But that's just like, come on. Can we make America not a porno movie again? <laughs> Let's do that. Let's make okay. new hats. And see, Carrie always has the title to the podcast. Yeah. Can come we make on. America not yeah. a porno movie? I think that's a great idea. I'm going to make those hats and sell them to all the idiot teenage boys who are wearing their MAGA hats around. Make America not, not a porno. porno. It's like that other movie. What was that? Bill and something make a porno? Yes. <laughs> so instead of MAGA, it'll be Manap. <laughs> oh, is that what it spells out? Manap? Okay. Manap. 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 It's perfect. Man-app. <laughs> Don't take a nap with yeah, the Manap. That was the only thing that I saw this morning where I was like, are you kidding? Well, this like, is just... the first time I didn't watch Fourth of July coverage from either local here in Boston or Washington or anything. I heard... And I don't know if this is true or not, that the major networks like NBC, CBS, and ABC were not carrying the Washington, D.C. fireworks. Did you hear that? No. They were like going to completely, they're just doing their local affiliates and not doing any of the nationwide. Why? Because of the parade? That's not right either, though. I I mean, it's fantastic. Well... Well, I mean, he was trying to get, like, the I think that just feeds to into Pennsylvania his... Oh, but the best is that I heard that all that was for the VIP paying guests. Like, the common folk who were standing out front, Weren't... they didn't have access to the super-duper tankers and all that that he was, you know... Well, the tanks can't roll down Pennsylvania Air Avenue because they'll tear up Pennsylvania Right, so Air wherever Avenue. those things were located, yeah. the general, of course, the Paul people, couldn't see. That was for the VIP guests and paying guests only. Were, were there actual paying people that wanted to go and... I have no idea. I, I don't know. Okay. No, but I heard that they had tons of tickets left over. They were trying to give them away. Yeah. <laughs> so there must have been must paying have been... customers if you have to have if Ticket. you have tickets. Yeah. Because everybody else is just lining oh, the mall, but lining the streets. I don't think but there was a lot of them. They showed the pictures of them though, and they're all wrapped in their you know Trump blankets. And this is what I don't understand about like this political group, like. The Obama people, right. okay, right. or I don't know, the Bush people before that, when they were somewhere supporting their government yes, and they president, right. they weren't draped in Obama towels or Obama umbrellas. Well, like it was yeah, like Obama a, didn't have buildings with his name on it. Yeah, either. like so everybody that's a Trumpy is like draped in. His logo because everywhere. that's what he is. He's all about his name what? recognition. That's the only thing he really has. Any of any substance is the fact that his name has been slapped onto buildings, mm-hmm. and yeah, that's marketability. He wants yeah. marketability he wants his name exactly. Out there. I mean, I guess that's really is what he is. He's just a reality show marketing himself. Uh, yeah. What about you, Wilt? Any good mom shares for the week? No, not really. Um, we went out on Fourth of July. We went to that great place in Rantham. Yeah, right. The, we the, all went go karting. Go karting. Supercharged, and my youngest put pitched a fit. He didn't want to go. 
Oh. Why do I have to go? I don't want to go. I'm just going to stay here all day. I'm tired. I just got back from playing in Chicago. And I was like, oh, you're coming. You're coming. We get there. And I said, I don't want to see you laugh or smile the entire time. Right. Right? And he got there. He said, Mom wouldn't let me bring a friend. I'm not even going to have fun. And then no, 10 minutes into it, he's laughing, playing yeah, air it's hockey. It's so in the amazing, the kids. It's so exhausting. No, they don't know what they want. They really don't. I well, that's, that goes back to the point. Like, you know, you have to sometimes... I don't think I don't think husbands know what they want either. Yeah, and, and we have to mom share that a little bit because I think it's all about pushing them to do something, knowing that the outcome is going to be a good outcome. Well, on that same note, and we've talked about sports and kids and pushing your kids in sports a lot on this podcast, but there's been times like throughout my kids' lives when they were doing cheerleading, and my oldest like. Would want to wanted quit. to quit. And then my middle daughter reminded me yesterday of one year in cheerleading when she desperately wanted to quit. And uh, to be fair, I was so oblivious. I was like, I, I didn't realize you wanted to quit. <laughs> right? But they you were like, really? You were upset? Yeah. I went through a whole year not knowing you no, were She upset. used to get off the mat every time and burst into tears crying. And I just thought it was a release of emotion, emotion yeah. or stress Hormones. or whatever. Yeah. If you didn't delve into it. And find out why. No, because she's not a talker. So right. I would just rub her back right. till she stopped crying. Yeah. And then she'd gather herself together and get on with it. But she never, as far as I knew, turned to me and said, I don't want to do this anymore. My point being <laughs> that my oldest wanted to quit quite a bit. And I never allowed her to. Yeah. I never allowed her to. And she, when she graduated high school, she said, thank you so much for not, for not letting me quit and for making me keep going but again that's a fine line of how much am I you know for, forcing them to do something they don't want to do and knowing at the end of the day what's best for them and I, I guess the difference in that respect of the way we've talked about sports before on the show and encouraging your kids to do things it wasn't that I needed her to achieve a right. certain level right. in that sport you wanted because her- she didn't no but I needed her to keep going and finish something she started to, yeah. and realize that you worked hard for something your whole teenage years, you're going to see it. And, and I think if she had said to you at the end, so she finishes out that year and at the beginning of the next year, she's like, listen, I don't, I'm, I'm all done with cheerleading. Right. Which she never did do. Of it course. was always in the midst Middle of it season. in a breakdown. Yes, right. Yeah. I think that's a totally different scenario yeah. than. But that's the thing along the lines of Kelly, like forcing Dino to come to go-karting or whatever. Like they just don't know because they've never well, and, and been to that place right. or done that thing. And they have to be prodded and encouraged and to try the thing. new things. Sometimes it's about, um, you know, this is what the family is doing. Yeah. You don't have a choice. Yeah. Like, I, well, I'm sick of tired of kids thinking they have a goddamn choice in this world. Everything. That's my point. I can't everything. Think everything. I can't I'm so it. tired of it. And that's the entitlement. And, like, no, no, no. You don't have a say. You don't have a say of what we're watching, what we're eating, or what we're doing. I will tell you what's going yeah. on. And you're going to be happy But about that it. is a different mentality that kids today... Yes, we. it's our job to keep that going in our homes. But yes. that is not the cultural... No. Norm right Well, it's not now. happening in the schools. There are no, lots no. of choices. And, yeah, there's always you know, a choice. I think it's all over the place. But I'm just like, I do try to like not force him to do too much. Like if I know it's not going to be. This is go-karting. Right. It was right. a fun thing. You were going to sit at home <laughs> right. in the house. I am not dragging you to the war memorial. But then I, right. I even remember like when um, Kelly's oldest son, Justin, was little. 
she would drag him into the moon bounce, <laughs> kicking and screaming, crying. And I would be like, why do you care if he goes in the moon bounce? And she'd be like, because he's going to have fun when he gets in there. And he did. Yeah. But she'd have to literally yeah. force him into it. And then he'd be like, oh, yeah, this, this is fun. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm moving. I'm jumping. Yeah. No, I, I, this is for a topic for a different podcast. But along those same lines of kids and choice and everything else, um, my husband and I had a big discussion last night. And it's definitely a topic, mm. future topic for a podcast on family unity and we're a unit. And yeah, we, we are going to work together yes. yeah. regardless of I'm, I'm making a note because what your a, individual yeah. outcome you want to be. We're, we're a team no matter what. And it's so interesting. Like I do feel like I look at other families, like my sister's family, for example. Well, they're a crazy unit. Their kids will fight and, you know, they battle each other, but they are always a unit. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Like if somebody's hurt or picking on somebody else or something, it's the fight's over. Yeah. And I'm there. Right. And there so there's certain like models of families that I look at where I'm like, yeah, how how do we get to that point of working together no matter what the case is? But I do think most of us your family does that. If one of your kids got hurt, the others would be concerned. I feel like it hurts. A, it hurts. A, listen, the, my point is, we're we're planning a um, team building activity oh for our family. Lord, this is no, going to be agree. great. What I are you doing? Zip lining? We're what not we? sure, okay. but something where everybody has to work together, work together, and yeah. dig in and be be a team and help each you other. Know what, it, you know what's interesting is when I first got when I first started dating Bart, he would be like why do you talk to your brother and sister every day yeah or your mom or whatever and and listen i'm we i i have an incredibly dysfunctional family mm-hmm. but we're a unit yeah and part of why we're a unit is because my dad passed away yeah so sometimes something's got to bring you together or sometimes there has to be something that forces or creates a, a scenario of we went through this or we have to figure this out together and no one else kind of can really understand it other than us yeah we can let people in and under and, and talk about it but we have a bond that no one else kind of has mm-hmm. and you just stick with that and I do think part of when you're growing up and you're raising your family it's like you have to kind of manufacture that you have to say listen we have our own way of doing things we have our dad has this mom has that and you guys have to support us in order for this whole thing to work. I guess that's kind of the point, is that I do think the kids would, in a crisis situation, have each other's back. I want them to have mine and dad's back That's right. I just well. said that. That's I right. just said that with the kids the other day. I was like, because between, and again, I work, I'm trying to go to school, I'm trying to raise yeah, a family. Acknowledge that and mom's I, working when, hard. Yeah. When I say to you, I need help, I need help. I need help. Yeah. Like, I don't need the yes, 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 and not getting done because it just makes more pressure and more anxiety for me. Like, Well, they have to see you as a real person. Right. That, that means- and it can't come out in like, I know exactly what you're saying. Like, it's almost like a nagging thing. Like, can somebody right. take care of the kitchen before I get home today? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, whatever. And then you come home and it's not done and you're like... What the fuck? Yeah, like yeah. somebody step up to the plate, but Am as I far the as only being a unit, yeah. realize 
shit, mom just worked a 10-hour shift. Yeah. She's on her way home. Right. Guys, come on in here. We've got to clean this up. Yeah. That's... So, again. you know what? Let, let's table that because oh, yeah. I think we do have to go into... That is a podcast. No, it is because <laughs> I do think... Like, I read this article about Will and Jada Smith ta- talking about how they created their family unit around being responsible for each other. And they tell their kids, you know, you don't have a room or a house. We let you borrow this room and you have to... Um, treat it with respect and then you have to understand that we are allowing you to do this so be grateful to us for that their and, environment and want to be and want to is be it's really right. what i'm saying like yeah my my children do an excellent job of keeping their rooms tidy of and course. working hard in school and all, all of those things but yeah but i want yeah. them to want to take care of each other yes. and me and their father the way yes. we want to take care of them right that's all but i do think that comes along it, 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 with time ages, yeah. yeah, I think eventually you're like, oh shoot, I, I, hope, I, I, never, I hope I'm invited to this podcast because I've got a lot to say <laughs> about this one. We can, we can table that one. All right, no, no, family unity is good. Okay, wait, now I forgot where I was at with... Um, well, we're talking about wholeness and your interview, correct? Yes, yes but before... Unless I, you have any mom shares. No, I, I did have a mom share, but now I'm forgetting. Oh, let me turn around and look at my... Choose is it happy. the carnival? The board. Because um, I see the carnival up there. Oh yeah, the carnival. The goddamn carnival. <laughs> yeah. Um... Lexington hosts the carnival every year, yeah. and I love the carnival. I love the carnival food. I just feel like this year, the carnival was a little bit of a drag for me. Okay, in what way? Because yeah. I have a lot to say about carnivals. Okay, here's the thing. I get nostalgic around carnivals. I love them. Growing up, going to carnivals, I have fond memories of it, and I just feel like the higher-ups, whoever create the carnivals, have just given up trying to create a wholesome environment. And the only nostalgic thing that I saw this year were signs on the benches that said, go make some memories. I mean, listen, people, people, more people had teeth than they ever had before. So I'm, I was happy about that. The workers yeah, had teeth. The workers had teeth. Mm-hmm. Nice. Why can't we just at least get the rides that we used to have? You know, the Tilt-A-Whirl's gone. My Tilt-A-Whirl. What? Why is the Tilt-A-Whirl gone? You know? The Tilt-A-Whirl is probably gone because it's unsafe. Oh, for, it's more unsafe than... One peg and you're out. What, what about the bit? That's with every ride, one peg and you're out. I'm against carnivals, okay, (laughs) in general. I'm against them in general. It brings a bad element places. What about the swings? The the swings? Oh, the swings of death? The the swings weren't there. Maybe it is a safety thing. Yeah, swings of death. Well, and then your child told the story that somebody barfed on the ride and they didn't even clean it. They just like poured water on it and let it run through one time. What ride was this? I missed this. She told me somebody barfed on a ride. Oh, and, and then I go, did you go on it? And she goes, oh, yeah. Oh, for Christ's yeah. sakes. Well, and we're complimenting the workers on having teeth. Like these are the people putting together the, the rides. rides. Yeah. And that's the Geico commercial, right? <laughs> Weren't you telling me that? Like the Geico commercial is like, mm, it's okay. Yeah. I put it together. It seems okay. Yeah. Just it's okay. Good enough. Good it's enough. Good enough. Yeah, I don't know if it's good enough. Well, it just bummed me out this year about the carnival. I thought the fireworks were great in Lexington. A little schizophrenic towards the end. Like, you know when they do the finale and you're like, okay, everything's coming? It was almost too, too much. much. All at once. Like okay. a giant explosion. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Really? <laughs> yeah. Slow it down a little bit. I was like, oh my God. I saw something on Facebook and it said, when you've been to Disney and your town tries to have a firework oh, show. Oh, please. Yes. Like, it's just like, <laughs> what is that, a sparkler? You know, it's just silly. <laughs> you and my husband. Yeah. He is so happy that you want your 50th birthday bash in Disney. And all I can say is that 
Was there another option? I mean, not that I don't love Disney. The reason for it is I wanted, after years of having children and going to Disney with children, although it's lovely and exciting, it almost ruins the place for you as an adult. And it has near ruined it for my husband, who used to love it. Right, right. And I just want him to go back and see, because Wilty and I have been a couple of times with our older kids for cheer competitions. It's an entirely different experience. Right, right. And I want to go as adults and enjoy being an adult in Disney World and seeing the fun again. We just get to see a whole different side in Disney when we're just as adults or with adult kids because we can go get drinks. We can go around the world. We can do rope drop by ourselves. We're not tagging along 100 people. Yeah, with a stroller and a diaper bag and, you know, hungry. Yeah, you're dodging those uh, carts left and right. I love love maneuvering through. Like, I'm like, I make a beeline. I like, stay with me, people. I'm moving fast. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, that was, I mean, that's, I guess Disney's just one big giant carnival. Yeah. I miss... Carnivals of old. Let me ask you about the carnival, um, the people visiting the carnival. Did you feel like... Like from other towns? <clears throat> no, no. I hate when other towns come to other people's carnivals. Oh, oh, it, oh okay. I don't like that. All Stay right. in your lane. It's coming to your town next week. But it might not. There's only... Okay, yeah. whatever. Carrie doesn't like it. Fine. Mm. I... Bring what some people? riffraff. But yeah. my, my point being, I'm talking about the kids, like... When we were younger, it was like the event of the summer. I know. And you went with all your friends. It didn't matter if you had a dollar in your pocket. You right. didn't need to ride any of the rides. Right. It was a place to go and hang out and wander for three hours and yes. see everybody in town. Yes. Was there that element? There or was. No? And the first thing my two kids, girls, say was like, oh, I hope, you know, like now I'm going to run into. I hope I don't see anybody I'm going to run into everybody. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, you're at your town carnival. You're at, you're your father's kid yeah. too, by the way. Yeah. Like, if you don't want to see people, don't come to the carnival. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is what we're doing. But yeah, no. So were there like teenage boys hanging of, out? Of down there? course. Okay. And you know, like, so Henry and his group didn't show up until oh you know, late night. Yeah, like yeah. eight thirty nine. Nine nine thirty. Okay. And they like stroll in, yeah. all cool, and yeah. you know back off. And, and do I'm they like, station themselves in one area, or do they wander? They wander. Our crew, like the cool kids. Never rode rides. They used to, the boys, used to position themselves under the skydiver. Are you talking about when you were in high school? Yeah. Yeah, here in Lexington. Yeah. They they used to position the skydiver was like a cool guy spot. And they just hung there. There were bleachers there. And they just sat there all night. And And all the idiot girls just did laps by, (laughs) laps by, notice me, notice me all night. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Pathetic. You have to watch Stranger. So Stranger Things is out. The other, the other last mom share. Everybody has already finished Stranger Things. Stranger Things season three is out, and they're at the mall. Okay. You know, so yeah. the big center, and it's about how the mall kills main downtown. Um, yeah, your downtown town. Main and Street, I'm like, USA. it was my exact town. Yeah, we had a nice little downtown, and then in the '80s, they built a mall, and Chess King, J.C. Penney, and do you remember that shop, Deb? Oh yeah. oh, yeah, of course. Oh. They still have the Deb shop. No. Yes, they, yes, they do. Nashua. Yep. Are you kidding? <laughs> I didn't mean it that way. Yes, no, they do. The Deb shop. Yeah, Deb. Okay, well, I thought that was long gone. but Still around. Foxmore. Whatever. Yeah. There was a whole bunch of... Anyways. Outdoor. Oh, Wilson. I was like, what was Sam the leather Goody. store? Wilson Leathers. It just... It was so funny watching them at the mall and looking at the girls going up and down the escalator yeah. walk it, it's it was just a place to walk around yes. be seen yep and even if you didn't have a dollar in your pocket you yep. could get an orange julius and yep. just 
zip zip back yeah. and forth waiting for the boys to this notice this makes you. Carrie crazy is the day the night of Thanksgiving when we all go out like for oh yes shopping. she's they, she starts yelling at boys. Why are you here? You don't want to. Oh, yes, you told shopping. Us. Well, they're taking up space. Taking right. up space. They're standing in the middle. Like, what? What are they even here for? And I go because it's a place for them to meet. Listen, girls. we had the best thing at our mall. On the second floor of our mall, yeah. we had a roller rink. Yeah, it was. Wouldn't that be amazing? It was so great. It's so like a perimeter. Right, so if you could imagine the top level of the Burlington Mall, yeah. just a roller rink track all the way around, and then downstairs are all the shops. Amazing. And then there was a movie theater right downstairs as well. So you'd go to the movies, get dropped off, go to the movies, see Footloose, and then go upstairs and get go through the, you know, oh, we'd be there for hours. hours. Plus, you're in upstate New York, and there's nothing else to freaking do except go <laughs> cow tipping or something. But that's what we would do, and it's cold, so it's great. No, I love Amazing. that idea. I wish they'd bring that back. It would be so smart for yeah. parents to just drop their kids off and like. And we still do have you know roller rinks around. It would be nice to sort of incorporate that into the mall. Well, I, and I was thinking after we left this go karting place, like some of these older malls, like my mall now back in upstate New York is pretty much dead. Convert that into a giant go kart place. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Wouldn't that be awesome? Mm-hmm. Like you could go kart around and like retrofit it, and then one half be a big. Jungle Gym or whatever the heck we went through, the wipeout section. Oh, the ninja. The ninja, ninja warrior. And then the track goes around. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways. By the way, Sydney couldn't, is not walking well. That ninja course killed oh her. Oh my God, the big Maddie, balls. I drove Maddie to work the next day. She was in she pain. Was, her knees bothering Oh her. my God, my thigh. I don't know what I did. I <laughs> well, I mean, there was a lot of accidents. Yeah. I mean, Emmy's yeah, out of Emmy, commission. Yeah. <laughs> Pulled something in her foot. She's on crutches. One day. One day was a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's um, transition into momtemplating the question about do women really have a choice? My interview with Clara Goldberg Freeman got me thinking about this fact because listening to her talk about being a military wife, moving around so much, starting or juggling careers and living in a European country like Germany where they handle maternity leave and being a mom much differently than we do here in the States. Clara talks about the structure that is provided in Germany for moms versus how we handle things here in America. Unlike Germany, where she says, kids go to kindergarten at age three, and it's paid for. So kinder, their preschool starts at age three, but it's called kindergarten. It's yeah. their like, basically public school. So women get a year of maternity, then two years of partially paid if, for their job, and then that takes them into yeah, their preschool. Three, preschool, and then the kids can go. So it, it provides a structure of the ability of, of a woman to not necessarily have to choose between work and staying at home and it offers them a much more you know evolved way of thinking about themselves instead of one or the other having it all not having out being a stay-at-home mom or not being a stay-at-home mom and it also provides some sort of balance between the fact that you your heart is tugged when you have a kid and you're like wait I still want to kind of go to work but I don't want to leave them and if you know that you're leaving them in a place of good care, some people don't have that uh, ability to have a family member take care of their kids or a good daycare, but they have the ability to put their kids in a place where not only do they not have to pay for it, but they're in a supportive learning environment. And we are just completely fucking backwards. Well, honestly, forget about having a choice. The, the struggle for... A large part of America isn't about, oh, you know, free time for myself or having a choice. It's 
I have to work. Right. But daycare is so expensive. So there's no point in me working to to pay for daycare. So I'll stay in the welfare system. Like, so it's a perpetual cycle. So if you're not willing to pay for their, somebody, if the government doesn't provide free daycare, so to speak, there's never really a way for the lower, lower class, I don't mean lower class, lower economical to, to climb out of there even because it's not worth their time and effort. Why should I work a 12-hour shift when at the end of the day I'm only going to take home 20 bucks because I had to pay for good quality right. daycare all day. So then they're in the perpetual cycle that they're not able to get out of. So more so than even just providing women a choice, Germany's allowing women to further their careers and succeed instead of remaining at a poverty level. Right. To right. survive. Now, I know, you know, opponents of this are going to be like, oh, well, the taxes are, are ridiculous yep. there. But you're providing. You're paying those anyways because they're they're in, they're in part of the welfare system yes. and they're part of WIC. So right. they're, getting, right. they're getting these services and not working. And so 10 years right. later, when their kids are grown, they're unemployable. They have no skills. Exactly. One of the things that she talks about is that because I asked her how she started Hopefully You, and as she's traveling from place to place and getting all this knowledge, she used to work in the healthcare system, she was thinking about how it is that we are so imbalanced about, especially for women, working moms and regular moms, and, and helping them find the ability to get back to their core values, even if their society doesn't provide the structure for it. And how do you kind of create some balance within the crazy imbalance of your world. And that's what her her company does. That's what she consults on and that's what she does her her seminars on. And I found it fascinating because, you know, we don't think about the structure that we just are grown up in. This is what we know and we fight our way through it. And luckily for some of us, we have means to not go to work. We have choices in that regard, but even in those choices, we're choosing to give up something of ourselves that we went to school, yeah. we went to co- we went to high school, we went to college, we got a job, we're working, and then all of a sudden, and I'm speaking for myself, it's like all of a sudden, bang, I, I mean, I never, ever thought I would stay home and be a stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. But my heart hurt so much, even though you were taking care of me, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> I was like, it wasn't even that. It was the fact that I didn't want to travel so much mm-hmm. and have... Three well, kids and, and blah, 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 all that two, stuff. Two, the other side of that is also like... Rambling. Yeah, women women love to take care of their children and stay home with their children. Some of them, okay? Right. and But even in enjoying every second of that, it is mind-numbing sometimes. <laughs> and right. you need like an adult connection. You right. need to be able to communicate or feel like a human being right. for part of the day. I mean, trying to rationalize with a two-year-old for 50 hours a week while your spouse or whatever is right. not home. And then home. you create this disconnect between your relationship. Right. And then right. you can't, like, then you're frustrated with that person because they're out living in the world. Right. And, and you're, you're lonely and isolated, right. especially in other parts of the country. I mean, I think for us, we live in a, you know, there's people next door, there's right. a downtown, there's a neighborhood. But if you're in a part of the country where it's, you know, an hour to right. get somewhere, right. you're alone. I just also think that when it comes to the women having a choice here in America, we don't really have choices. We have directions that we kind of go into and we make these choices based on 
a structure that sucks for us Mm -hmm. and it's really not necessarily accommodating to us and even if even if we make a choice of staying at work and have good daycare then we as women judge other women for oh well you don't stay home Mm -hmm. with your kids or you have a nanny or whatever when it was when in other areas of the world it's it's just acceptable that women want to do other things and not kind of lose that momentum of wait i've been working because when you stop working, I can't go back into the field that I was. I mean, I guess I could, but it would be like... You're starting from a different place. Yeah. yeah. And listen, it's okay to be in a spot where you want to take a break from your job and raise your kids, all of that. But in doing so, that's you're hurting yourself too. Mm-hmm. Well, that was what I was going to say. Everything comes with a cost. Right. Every choice I've made... For myself has come with a cost and some of the costs for me are great like i want to move ahead i want to move up in the company i want to do better um i have to get a master's degree i have to be a mother i have to be a wife right to be a manager and if i don't continue to push myself in my job i'm not going to be able to continue to move up but that's there's a cost associated with that with regards to my children with regards to my marriage with yeah. regards you know and it's, it's hard and I, I struggle with it every day and I'm like, why bother? Why don't I just go back and just be an outpatient nurse and right. just work my 40 hours and get out and go? But there's a part of me that wants more. Yeah. And so I can't realize my own dreams because I feel like there's such a cost associated with it that is going to affect everyone around me. And well, I don't and want to also, be that person. Yeah. That's back to the family unit. I was going to say that. That you, you That's your goal. You want that. So the family unit has to get behind that and realize We're, that right. and help. Right. And that's what I was talking about with the I family think this, unit. I honestly think it ties in nicely because yeah. my old neighbor used to say she used to have family meetings all the time. Part of the family meeting or family like mission statement should be everybody has their own dream including mom and dad yeah and it's the kids should also be helping realize that as well not hindering it right taking it not taking away from it because her achieving her ultimate goal is only going to benefit the three people underneath honestly no one has spoken about that in relation to women getting ahead in this world, I think we've on. I think we're on to something. Yeah, Harry. Well, and then the other thing too is that when <laughs> I have these aha moments, honestly, if we tied in family unit and structure as far as letting moms and dads achieve their goals and making the kids accountable for what their mom and dad want to do, labor. my oldest is um, you know, and so is Carrie's oldest working forty hours a week, right? Yeah, and they come home, they go, oh my god, I mean, I've worked forty hours. I go, I've worked forty hours. I've done all your laundry. I've done the grocery shopping. I've yeah. cooked for you. I have done my homework. Um, yeah. all I'm asking you to do is just pick up the basement. Can yeah. we get a little help? Like, yeah, it's about the ego. I, I, the well, we don't. We haven't talked. Well, them. I know what it's about. It's it's listen. It's about that me first yes. attitude that America has right now. Yes. Like make America great again. Nationalism. United States first. No, we can't get better unless we're helping everybody else get better too. Right. Like being an individual. Yes, I'm into capitalism and totally. do, you know, get yourself as far as you can. But if you're not dragging others along with you and being like, come on, when you get there, right. there's nothing there for you. Exactly. Well, and I say to my son, you wouldn't have your, your job if I didn't work hard right. because I was able to assist you in getting you an interview. Like yeah. you've benefited 
benefited from me being at work totally. and giving it. Like, and my child psychologist cousin would say they're not necessarily their brains aren't necessarily capable of understanding all of that until mm-hmm. they're grown but what they are capable of understanding is the family unit and everybody having a job within the family to support everybody this. else and two i think in fairness there is a lot of like for the moms that are not working yeah there is a lot of misperception that yes. you don't work. Of course. Oh, and I'm like, are, are you kidding me? I'm your errand girl gopher right. all day. That's all I do no. from morning to night is, you know, shit for you. That's a, that's yeah. a 80 hour a week right. job. I think there, I feel bad. I mean, I know working mothers definitely have a whole nother right. aspect well, we have to one, it. Right. I but, mean, right. But when you're a stay at home mom and you feel like, even your own it's children not, aren't valued. respecting right. the job exactly. that you're doing. That's really frustrating. Right. It's a it's a difficult job. It's a it's very difficult. I don't know that I could go back and do it. Like, right to be home get all my the brain. time. Yeah, yes, it's a, it's. Listen, I'm with my kids on the weekend, and I know I go back and forth, and I'm like all over the place. But those two days, like. I'm like, oh my God, this is exhausting. Like, yeah. No, the idea that for me, the idea that now once a week Carrie comes down and this is my job that I have created for myself, it's so freeing for me, yeah. for my voice, for my ability to articulate the fact that, no, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm busy. I'm, I'm actually busy today not being able to do something yeah, for, for you. you. Doing something and for yourself. You'll have to wait or yeah. get it yourself. It's like, like when Gracie called, can you bring my yearbook? <laughs> that was my favorite episode. I'm podcasting right now. I can't. <laughs> All of that stuff is because, of course, when you decide to be a stay-at-home mom, or for me... Coming from being a manager, doing all that stuff, I'm like, I'm going to be the best goddamn organizer yeah. that ever lived. And it's totally backwards. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. The idea is you don't do that. You don't take care of absolutely everything so no one else knows what the fuck to do. Right. You organize it so that they learn how to do everything well, that's, for themselves. That's the but unit. Again, but again, I mean, that that's goes back to the way we were brought up as opposed to the way we're bringing up our kids. Like, my mother organized nothing. Well, of course. And she was a stay-at-home mom. She worked a little bit at the cells in Lexington the Center in the, in the afternoon. She didn't organize Jack. I was, well, you know, and I, so I feel like, again, we can talk. We talked what about the heck were they possible. doing? I mean, my mom worked. So I'm like, what the hell were they doing? I know. Yeah. Well, but, your mom was drinking, so I don't know about <laughs> She substitutes them. My mom was working and drinking. So. <laughs> well, that was... She was pulling way more than her weight. Yeah, that was 70s and yeah. 80s. Um, but I, you know, I feel like it's, it's just come full circle. We need to find a balance. We need this woman. We need... Clara is interesting. She makes the... You know, you'll hear the interview, but she does help... She gave... While I was interviewing her, I had several aha moments of like, wow, what am I... Yes, that's... And I guess... So, I was uh, I guess my question is, is Germany a socialist society? I don't know. Universal health care? Of course they do have okay. universal okay. health care. So, are they socialism? Like, if we were to... Or are they... A I don't democ- know. Somebody I mean, a democracy at- is when you vote for your leaders yeah, and they, all they have Yeah, they have a prime minister, I think. Yeah. Right? What kind prime of government does... No, they do. They do. But I think they do have universal health care... They have obviously great Listen, public education. Germany's not the best example. No, I know. I know. <laughs> Listen, Germans. We, we have a lot of faults. We are very good workers. You're German? Yeah, strongest bull, very good workers. Yep. <laughs> but we have a lot of downsides, too. Um, Seriously, I, I know. didn't know that. What, what's no, German but I do tell? think a lot of the European countries, you know, like Italy with the naps in the afternoon, I think that there's a lot from the European countries we can take and, I and guess bring to- into the United States to make ourselves... 
just a little bit better. I'm not saying it's universal health care coverage. I'm not saying it's all of that. I'm saying that, you know, a year paid, you know, maternity, maternity leave. We get 12 weeks. And oh, it's sometimes ridiculous. it's not always paid. And then you can take a certain amount with the FM, with family medical leave, but then they don't have to hold your job. You're forced, again, to well, make a choice. And, too, I think that's part of this capitalistic society that they look at like, oh, well, you know, the government's giving you that and we're, we're able in the United States to achieve um, greater wealth and greater success than other countries, but at, at what cost right. at the end of the day? And h- how much do you need? How much do you need to achieve? Those people look perfectly happy to me vacationing and taking siestas at 2 p.m. in the afternoon. Yeah, I right. mean, I don't think they care if they've got, you know, the... 7,000 square foot home, which they don't, by the way. They have very small homes. Well, that's, that's again, it's about... Different the, lifestyle. You know, the perception and what, you know, they, perceive as being successful in the United States versus what is perceived as being successful in other countries. Yes. Well, and they don't have a health care, the health crisis that we can, we have. I but I guess that... Norway and other places where they don't have necessarily a autism crisis and mental health issue crisis and a drug crisis that, I mean, maybe they do, but we have. But also like they're going to say, you know, the other side, I guess a Republican point of view is going to be like, but the United States has the greatest health care in the world. We don't. No, the greatest doctors, the greatest medicine people, the greatest hospitals. We have the greatest education. We We have good education. But we, you know what? We have all the problems here. So that's what people have to come here to fix these problems. I don't know either. I'm with you. We don't just, have a solution. No, we don't have a solution. But I'm just saying it, it was an interesting concept that women are given the ability to have a good maternity leave, to have pay during the couple of years before their kids can go off to a, a controlled nursery school. And I wonder how, if people are stay-at-home, like, I wonder what the ratio of stay-at-home moms in um, a community like that is as compared to the United States. Even if you wanted to work at a flower shop. No, of course. It's activity. If you're a high-level executive or a manager like you and I were, like, and we decided to do that and we take the year off and we're on maternity leave, do we go back to our same job? Because they can't really hold it. Like, how does that affect these women's trajectory? Maybe they don't care. Well, maybe. The companies, you mean? No, the the people. Maybe it's a different type of environment where you're not constantly feeling like you have to climb that social economical ladder. But I think if if you want to be one of those people that wanted to be the exec at Google, right, and, mm-hmm. and as a female, then do that. The, the point is she's making is that you have the option. Right. Not to do it if you mm-hmm. don't want to do it. So I'm sure in Germany, if you wanted to do it, you don't even take the year maternity, maternity leave. leave. You yeah. just, but it's there for the people who do want to right. have it. Right. And there's a paternity leave too, by the way, that I didn't even get into. Yeah. So if dads want to stay home as well, they can opt to do it the second year or something like that so that they have this oh. balance. I don't yeah. know how, how that whole thing works. But there's more structure in place in, in other countries we, where... It allows people to have sane lives. Yeah. Yeah, it it supports them. Right, and more balance, and and it supports them. Whereas here, it's very difficult because we're so me too. We're so um, narcissistic in what we think we should have and want. And all of that has really fractured us as yeah, far as, as society, society. Is, is concerned. And now we're trying to figure out how do we build it back. Like all, you know, we're just here piecemealing things like, well, maybe we should do this. Maybe we should bring back home economics class. Like, right. First, we have to get the narcissist out 
and get somebody in that wants to create that sense of yeah. community and working it's, together again. I hope it's Mayor Pete, you know. All right, well, we're going to leave it here, and we're going to play the interview that I did with Clara Goldberg Freeman, and then we'll come back with a Coffee Cruise Crush. Please, please stay with us. Thanks. Okay, I'd like to welcome to the podcast life coach, founder of Hopefully You Consulting, Clara Goldberg Freeman. Hopefully You Consulting is a practice that is dedicated to transforming women's perspectives of themselves and their families and their life's purposes. So, Clara, welcome to Mom Save America. Hi, Tina. How are you? I'm good. Clara is calling all the way from Germany, so we've had some coordination problems, not problems, but just some organization. Logistics. Yeah, logistics about timing, which thank you so much for working through, through this with me. So, Clara, I know that you started this journey in public health as your life transformed into wife, mother, etc. Things became, I'm guessing, both complicated and maybe clear at the same time. So maybe we can start this interview with taking us um, a bit through your journey of how you, how, first of all, how you got to Germany and how things kind of manifested themselves as to where you are at this point. Okay. So... Uh, well, first of all, I'd like to say that uh, I'm an active duty Army uh, military spouse. So that derailed things a little bit from the public health arena. Um, I had met my husband at the School of Public Health at Hopkins. That's where, you know, we overlapped. And then he owed the Army three years of uh, military service. They were paying for some of his medical loans. And now here we are, I think it's um, about 14 years later. Was he deployed over in Germany? No, uh, let's see, he was deployed, um, we were together about 11 months, and he was deployed before kids, and then uh, we wound up going to Alaska, and said, why not? Yeah. We were there for two and a half years, and then I, so when we went to Alaska, I then had a six-month-old and a two-and-a-half-year-old. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it was it was great. We had a dog at the time too, and I said to my husband, I said, I'll take the six month old and a two and a half year old driving cross country from Maryland all the way up to the middle of Alaska. But I, honey, I can't take the dog too. Listen, I am all I am with you on that. The dog is a pain in the butt. Yeah, we love him. Her actually, and so my parents have her, and she's been happily, you know, settled in there. Oh my gosh, you you truly have been all over the world. Yeah, and I'm not even done yet. <laughs> so we were in Alaska for two and a half years. Really great experience. Um, it was it was bittersweet leaving, and then we went to um, Kansas, Leavenworth, Kansas. Okay. And then at that point, my husband again was offered um, sort of a a leadership program. So then that extended some more time. Um, and then from Kansas, we went to Kentucky, and that was for about two and a half years. So we were only in Kansas for one year for okay. the training program. And then Kentucky, and then we have been living in Germany. It'll be three years in July, next month. It's crazy, that three is, years already. That is crazy. Let me just ask you, and how have the, I'm assuming that in the early ages, it was fairly easy to kind of move the kids around. Did it get harder as they were in elementary school? Well, I have to say that this is the first time. So we're probably moving back next July. Okay. 
and then I will really be able to answer that. Okay. So we moved here. My daughter had just finished kindergarten. Okay. So, and then the first grade here is actually kind of like kindergarten. My kids are in the German schools. And my son was then in third grade. So this was pretty much the first transition okay. with, with the schooling. Um, yeah, and so, so we're going to kind of take it as it comes. I think my husband's eligible for retirement in about four or five years. But in the middle of that, we're going to see how it goes. Because, yes, I think it does get more difficult. But the key thing, I think, and you'll agree, too, is that as our children are growing, the best guidance that we can give them is to be as grounded as possible on the family unit true then the mobility is a little bit smoother sure and I'm sure they you know as you're you know the, the ability to have resiliency and confidence in themselves to handle things that come their way that you know might be different from other kids is a probably you know I, I think it's a remarkable thing when we not necessarily put struggle in front of our kids but challenges and when they're younger, they really, I find, amaze me. Um, yeah. And they, they tend to be, I'd say, calm teenagers when things might not go their way. Yeah, and we, the, the thing is, is we make a point of talking about the challenges. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the things I've learned, um, you know, just in mom life, right? And you see all these readings on Facebook and that when the kids come home and they're crying about something or really upset... I don't try to fix it. Exactly. So, yeah. I really, and it's very hard, right? As a mom, you want to make it better. But I really just have tried to get used to, for myself as a mom, being okay with my child crying and not being a, and what I say is, how does this make you feel? How does it make you feel about the test that you struggled with or whatever classmate did something or whatever teacher did something? So then, and then we recognize um, how they've gotten through the challenges. Right. Because I think what happens is we sort of gloss over the work that they have done that, you know, in getting through the challenge and that it's been okay in the end. And I tell you, that actually, in retrospect, works better then when we brushed it under the rug kind of thing, or maybe I just don't have the capacity to deal with it, because then later on in the day or in the evening, they're really fussy about something, and it has to do with the fact they kind of didn't get it out of their system when they first got home from school. Absolutely. To circle back, though, yeah. you know, because obviously, as I'm listening to you, I'm finding that, of course, you have amazing advice, and this is what you are probably been you know, born to do all along, how, so you get to Germany, and now you're in this place of, should I work, should I not work? Right. So tell me a little bit about the um, inspiration behind Hopefully You. So I, so whenever we move different places, the military has a lot of services and opportunities to go to sort of what I call like how-to classes. How to move, where, you know, what's the checklist to, you know, get enrolled in the different schools, um, all these different things that you need to do logistically with moving. And they do have some parenting classes and there's even some breastfeeding classes, but there really isn't the space for women, for spouses, for mothers to really just talk in a productive way about what they're going through. But in terms of just getting together and having an intentional conversation, validating what each other is going through, and then learning how to deal with the different challenges. And I just did not see the kind of support that I know I've needed 
So and then I had my background in public health. I did a lot of qualitative research. It's like, okay, well, I want to do this, and I have the skills to do this, and there's a need for it. Right. And then the life coaching part of it was really just recognizing after having some groups come together the need the need for some of the women in my interest as well to really take the next steps. And then the hopefully part of it also yes. is that there's different aspects of ourselves, right? So there's the heart and the mind and the spirit, and then there's ourselves and our responsibilities as mothers and our family, and then in military life and for those that are also working. And I think sometimes we forget to incorporate all those aspects of ourselves into the conversation. And do you think that at times women aren't always as honest as we need to be when we're talking about our challenges? That's a good question. I think it takes the right environment. That's a good point. I think it takes someone modeling how to be vulnerable. Right. So that's what I try to do as well. Um, In my personal life, my close friends and my husband will tell you I'm very, very chatty. (laughs) But... (laughs) In the context of a support group or even in the coaching, um, I tend to really just just listen. Yeah. But I balance the listening with showing how to be vulnerable. Okay. So in the right circumstance, I do share part of my story that it's okay to be vulnerable. Right. Even if it doesn't feel okay, it is okay. Right. When it came to deciding how to put all that together... What was the challenge? You know, what were the challenges that you faced putting it in a in a framework? Well, I think part of it. Then this is also with my public health training, right? So I also have a degree in health education. Okay. So it's all about frameworks. Yeah, that's <laughs> all about frameworks. How to understand what people are saying, get patterns in that. I have my bachelor's in sociology, so. I've always been sort of drawn to patterns of how people behave, how people talk. The, the coaching part of it also, even in the mix of a focus or a support group, is really just showing up and seeing what happens. And so part of me really has to challenge, is challenged with going in with kind of like a preconceived notion of the patterns that I know from my training in public health, mm-hmm. but also just showing up and letting it go and see what happens. You know, when you pull this all together and you are helping moms, uh, women in general, have a voice, Yeah. what are the things that you feel like <clears throat> empowers them to, you know, to, to find the strength to not sit back and be yeah. passive, I guess? Yeah, I just, I love that you're asking me this question because I feel like I've been somewhat on a personal journey with this recently. Me too. Um, and so I've done a lot of reading. So what I have come to understand, I think both in a private voice and in a public voice, is that there's two parts to having a voice. One is the what are you trying to say, mm-hmm. the content. And then the other part is the how you are saying it. How are you speaking? Okay. So it's really important with the what we are saying. I think as women, I know for myself personally, I will add a lot of ands and buts <laughs> and try to stick in three, you know, lots of points all in one thing. Because I can be very passionate about the issue. Sure. So it's important to really get down to one or two things, the, the two most important things. So for 
us, I think, as women, there's lots of things that are important. But to get down to one or two things. And then the second part is the how. So we really need to be centered in how we talk, whether it's domestic stuff or whether it's public. Okay. When we are speaking from a place of frustration, from anger, from confusion, Mm -hmm. that voice is not as powerful because people, the listener, wind up focusing on the behavior of the person rather than the message. It's so amazingly true, yes. Yeah, right? I mean, even, you know, whether we're yelling at our kids, right? They're focusing on the yelling, not the message. When we hear people speaking publicly, if they're ranting and raving, so important to get to those two things, the what and the how. The other component is, um, and they, they both take, you know, sort of introspection and some reflection, and this is what I like to do with my clients. Okay. So with the how... That reflection really entails getting to the why a little bit. So why am I feeling frustrated or angry in those moments? Right. And doing that work, whatever it is, if you're feeling overwhelmed, right, of course that happens, and that's where the anger the frustration is coming from. And so once you kind of get into that why, then that helps to provide the centeredness for the how, which gives more voice, more meaning, more strength, right, to the what. Yeah. Because the what is the bottom line of how our message gets through. I'm, I'm, try- I'm correlating your public health background to, you know, communication, right? And I'm, I'm thinking mm-hmm. about it in the sense of taking care of yourself, your inner right. self. And yeah. I always know that for me, if I'm also feeling negative about myself, the anger and frustration comes out more quickly than if I've had a better day with myself. I've just come to it as I'm listening to you talk, like, wait, that's what happens to me from a public, like from an inner health standpoint. Right. Wellness, a feeling of wellness. Thank you. Yes. Yes. The the hopefully part. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. It's it's interesting that you say that because back in the day, um, you know, when I was actually getting my bachelor's in sociology and HIV AIDS was a big thing, I wound up doing a qualitative research project with an HIV AIDS women's organization um, at the, around the school I was at. And so I looked at issues of empowerment and women living with HIV. Mm-hmm. Now, it was only, I think, five women that I spoke to, um, so I don't know what statistic significance necessarily wasn't there. But even within those five women, those women who were able to ask for help, they were actually doing better physically as well. And so absolutely, our state of being able to know what's going on in our our spirit life, our mental life, and our, um, what I got, mind, spirit, and and our heart, you know, what's going on with people that we love around us and we love for ourselves, that absolutely can affect our physical life. No, it makes so much sense. To transition slightly, you know, we we all talk about how much sacrifice moms do. We're all multitasking in so many different areas. Like balance sometimes is such a frustrating word in and of itself. And up until this point where I started the podcast, I was always of the mindset where I have to just focus on my kids or just, I do... (laughs) kind of feel... How'd that go for you? Yeah, not well, exactly. Right. 
you know, not to give all your secrets away because I want, I want my listeners to, you know, follow you. And part of what you're trying to do is help people find women, find their purpose and, and balance themselves. So if we could talk slightly about that, that would be great. Well, yes. So first of all, you've already realized, um, that I think the word balance is just a misnomer. Yeah. Right. So I think what happens, um, for each stage, what I've grown to understand is that we have to just understand there's just those different stages of life. You know, I mean, even I told my kids in terms of what kind of job and career they want to do, mm-hmm. like, you don't have to have one job or one career. Sure. You know, it can change as you're changing. And so I think, I, I think for us as, as, as moms, we need to recognize that, okay, this is our mom stage life, and then at some point, we're going to feel ready to change. Our kids are going to be ready. And then, um, you know, then we can take on something else. But I, I think it's important to recognize that we often, um, I guess for better or for worse, feel like we have a choice, in quotes. But the structure of our society doesn't really provide for us to have the choice to have both. And could I just speak to like a little bit of what I see in Germany for a minute? Please. Yeah. So, yeah, so we've been living here three years and I'm going through, you know, the transition myself and trying to manage um, what's next for me as well. And that's one of the reasons, you know, that hopefully you consulting came about. So here, uh, so kindergarten starts at age three. And so kindergarten here is more like a preschool. Um, And it's free. Mothers have one year paternity leave, yeah. and then they have two years of part-time pay. The child's three, and then, you know, then they can go to kindergarten. You know, that says a lot, not just for women having the capacity to work, because their children are being taken care of in a, in a good environment, and they don't have to pay, you know, twenty to $40,000 a year for that, exactly. but that it's valuing the woman's capacity to have a job. And to take a break from that job when she physically needs to. Right. The other thing, so what I, yeah, speaking to what I, I try to do um, with my coaching and the support groups, is what I do feel is that let's get to a place where we can create a balance within an imbalance. Does I that like make it. sense? Yeah, it makes complete sense. So, yeah, right? So even during the day, during the weeks, the months, even the years, right, there's an imbalance because we're constantly feeling tugged, right? A part of our heart is just being tugged. We want to express who we want to be in this world, and then uh, we want to have the connection that we desire with our children. And so, right, so then there's working moms who are frustrated because they don't get enough time with their kids, and then there's stay-at-home moms who feel like they're losing a sense of themselves. Mm-hmm. So what I'm trying to do with my clients is get to core values. And so the core values, is, it's like the simple way to just get right into the insight of kind of our, our essence, the essence of what we were born with or who we were born with. And so it gets, it takes away the coulds and the shirts and the woods. And so within the stay-at-home mom's life, yeah. there are still ways that you can do um, kind of be aligned with her core values, which is a sense of self-expression. And then even for the working moms, there's ways to connect to their children 
that are in line with their core values also. So that's the thing. I think because of the way our society is structured in the state, yeah. we need to be able to find the balance within the imbalance because it is an imbalance. That's the way it is. It is. And you know, as you're, as you're speaking, again, I'm feeling somewhat emotional actually because I think to myself how amazing it is that I have been afforded these choices to stay home yet within that choice was also you know a prison in a way like not in a a negative place like you said just to have the ability to um, self-actualize it I guess and to to say to yourself what what that actually means so that you can work through it and not yeah bury it down and I'm not bitter in any way but to feel like you don't want to be frustrated with your kids or anything like that express it so that you can kind of move through it wherever the situation is move through and get to a different place yes not be stuck but then there is the reality that for a woman yeah so there's those there's those women who want the choice to stay at home and they can't financially deal with do it right and then there's those that are looking for a job and they can't find the right niche. I would just like a side note, there's 25% unemployment rate with military spouses. And you know, in our lifestyle, when we move every two or three years, you know, let alone that we're in charge of taking care of the family and the kids, the, the importance of uh, if we're gonna be in this lifestyle, I have to be connected to my kids. My kids need to feel grounded in our household. Right, right. And um, so I had most definitely not looked for jobs and not focused on that, partially because of the logistics of everything, but partially because if we're making the sacrifice to do this, to be in this lifestyle, I, I want to make sure my kids are healthy. And that takes a lot of energy it ta- and a it, lot of intention. It does. And, and you know what? That's okay. And to be able right. to recognize and focus on that, but realize where that place is in your life at that moment. Yes. You know, give it the attention and the credence and everything that it deserves at that point. And then knowing that it's only... It's a a time frame. It's a period, and it's going to move through again. But, of course, there's so many messages on the outside, right? I mean, the thing is, Tina, I'm still paying off my master's. Oh, gosh, yeah. That's a real tug, I mean, to say the least, right? So uh, we have to really be able to see through the messages that we hear from the outside. Right. And that's very tricky, and and, and I feel for all of us that don't know how to see through it. Right, and so again, that's that's the importance that I see in doing the, the group and, and the life coaching to help each other see through the gunk, right. what's in the shoulds and the woods. Because once you get to the essence with the core values, it's not that it's not easy, right? Once you're like, okay, you know what, this is really what it is that makes me come alive. Right, but I can't do it right now. But like you're saying, you know, have that conversation, that self awareness, and then talk about, okay, let's have peace right now knowing that it will come at some point but what are the things I can do right now to kind of move towards that but don't you think once you actually speak it that unsticks you and when it when it unsticks you even if you don't get to exactly where you want to be at that moment you are moving in a better direction Yeah, because that's validation. Validation of what we're going through. It's recognizing what's really in us. Because with our different lifestyles, if we're feeling pushed or we have to be working outside the house or we're feeling stuck in the house, 
right? We're losing those, the sense of essence of who we are that makes us come alive in whichever roles we're playing. Sure. Tell the listeners more about how I'm going to be posting your website on Mom Save America and... The groups will be forming next August 2020. Okay. And, uh, we're back in the States. And of course, we don't know where we're going to be yet, too, so... To be, to be tuned in. That's okay. That's um, good to know. Yeah, so simply just go to my website, and there's my email, which I guess I can just say it here, yeah, sure. which is um, hopefully you, W-H-O-L-L-Y-O-U at gmail.com. Perfect. And um, we can set something up over Zoom. And the idea is to... Yeah start to recognize these things that make you feel alive and then and then just figuring out ways to kind of connect all the pieces because I like the mind body spirit connection with it I think it all matters so when once we go through the core values and there's you know a list of about 20 but we really try to narrow it down to one two or three and I have to say I mean you mentioned the validation right and when you just speak it Mm -hmm. So there's something that happens when you figure out, you sort of uncover, discover, you know, because there's all these the layers of stuff, right? Um, once you figure out what your core value is, when I've done this with people, it, and with myself I've been through, it's just like this huge aha. And so once we sort of talk about, okay, well, how can we make this happen more consistently in your life? Then there, there, it's not as cloudy. It isn't, and you breathe a little life into it sort of feels magical it's just um so there's that so those huge aha moments right and so that's the soul enriching right that's the life uh affirming kind of things and then it can be tricky to kind of take steps to be more aligned with that sure right i mean it's even just like with exercise right once you're like you know what or not once i mean you already know gee I need to exercise, and I feel good afterwards sometimes, but how do I actually fit that into my routine, and how do I make decisions about it? So that does take, you know, depending on what the person's going through, like, you know, four to six sessions to really yes. to hone in on it. Because you, so that's the thing, right? I think that's what we do with our friends often, right? We have these, like, aha moments, right? And we're talking, and we're relating. I mean, even like you and I on this phone, on sure. this phone call, but then it's like, okay, what do I do next? Exactly. How do I bring that to fruition on a, a consistent basis? For me specifically, as I'm thinking about, you know, over the course of my journey and, you know, when I have felt, you know, not good both spiritually and physically, it, it yeah. affects me in ways I, I never quite realized and also never quite um, gave it acknowledgement about how, forget just myself, how that energy affects everyone else in Absolutely. in my circle. And I really do want to take ownership of it as I, because yeah. honestly, even just coming to doing this podcast has changed the dynamic of my family in the sense of I have a different purpose or more of a purpose that feels right for me. So that has affected yeah. my entire family. And I'm still trying to figure out how to, not balance again yeah 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 but I'm trying to figure out how to navigate it yeah exactly and I just think it takes but I think you need kind of the sounding board right you need an objective neutral type of sounding board yeah but I do think that the the struggle with moms in all these different layers that we have in our lives is taking the time for ourselves right and I don't mean that 
Self-assured. Let me take a a bath or let me get a massage. You know, this misconception that if I take whatever time I need for myself in self-development, maybe counseling, maybe coaching, that it's going to take away from my family life and those that I care about. But it just, it doesn't work that way because whatever energy you give yourself, and we've all heard this before, whatever energy you give yourself, you're really winding up giving that energy, that love to others. It's so, so true. I love that statement. Clara, I swear to God, I'm going to need more conversation with you because as we're talking, I want to know how the states are so effed up, you know, from a support for women's standpoint. And there's so many other topics that I would love to get into with you. So I hope that, you know, we continue to communicate. You'll come back on again and give us some more information on your work and your progress. So please, everyone out there, check out Hopefully You. And I will have Clara's link to her website and her email on my website, momsaveamerica.com. So thank you so much again. Absolutely. We'll talk again. Thank you. Take care. Okay, and we're back with the Coffee Cruise Crush, and we are going to do nostalgic carnival foods. And that's because we talked a little bit about the carnival, but we're going to do cotton candy, candy apples, candy slash caramel apples. And um, what was the last one? Fried dough, right? Yeah. Okay. So, Carrie, you want to jump in? Okay, well, um, Tina always gets the candy apple. It amazes me. Like, I I think about... Who would get the candy apple yeah. at the carnival? Tina. Right. I don't know. I'm like, how long has that apple been there? Is it mushy inside? Is it hard and fresh? That's what you're worried about? Yeah. Really yeah. Not yes. breaking your teeth? No, it's got nothing to do with it's the teeth. The it's always about the apple itself. Can't possibly be fresh. And you always get the candy Haven't apple. Have you ever watched the carnival people take a Idaho potato, basically smash it through a thing, yep. and throw it in the fire fryer later? For it's a fresh, fresh potato. Sure. You don't do you think, think that apple, apple is fresh? Yes, I do. Because no, I absolutely not. Oh, we're arguing. Absolutely not. I because there's nothing worse to me than biting into some sort of fruit well, of and course. it being like mealy and is it because soft. It's a carnival, or is it because it's a candy apple? Because you buy caramel apples all the time, Carrie, and you eat them. I I buy caramel apples at Disney World and Wilson's Farm only. Well, That's it. Okay. Actually, I don't oh. even know that I've bought a caramel apple at Disney World. They're the best. The caramel Actually, apples. Actually, I think I have yeah. because they're usually dipped in the chocolate chips and they slice them for you in Disney World so you don't have to bite into it like they go through a slice. Anyways. All right. Okay. I don't like the candy apple She's at all. I'm crushing it. God. It's disgusting. Damn. All right. Um. I'm definitely going on the cruise with the fried dough because it's heaven. Dough. It's amazing. Yeah. The cinnamon sugar, the butter, no everything about sugar. it. If that's that's sacrilege. Cinnamon what? sugar, just powdered sugar on on fried dough. I love it. That's I love it. You don't like it at all. Listen, no. I grew up with a mother who made fried dough every weekend. The extra dough. My mom would just like stretch out and fry up in the pan for us. Never, I've never I had was this a, experience. I was in my, my mother did that. I never. Was, I was a chubby Ellen, um, middle school kid. Anyways, never. fried dough. Uh, okay. My mother would never do that uh, for several reasons, but also because she was like... Who's making bread anyways? Beyond the drinking, she was the health <laughs> Gestapo. Was she? Oh my God, yes. Stop it. Nope. So Wait. we got that, like if we had candy, it was hidden in our drawers away from my mother. No, no, no. You can have a shot of vodka, but no candy. <laughs> yep, exactly. No treats in the house at all. 
None. That's something I did not know about I BA. Did, yeah. I did not know that about Betty Ann. Yeah. Okay. And I'm going to take uh, cotton candy to coffee, but I hate cotton candy. I would crush both. What? If I could. Cotton candy is oh, so I'm taking that disgusting on the to me. <laughs> Listen, I would rather eat well, a prime rib from yeah, the well, carnival listen, you love than meat. cotton candy. We know yes. you love meat. <laughs> right. Or that disgusting sausage sub. I would eat that at the carnival before cotton candy and a caramel apple. That's disgusting. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. Okay. All right, Kelly. I need a meat you'll eat at a carnival? Yeah, yeah. She eats the sausage at the carnival. Sausage and peppers. Yeah. Oh, sausage, pepper. Oh, I love sausage and peppers. Okay. On the stale bread, heaven on earth. But forget about the candy apple. Okay. All right. Go ahead, Wilty. What are you thinking? So I'm going to crush the candy apple. And the only reason is I have an allergy <laughs> to apples. <laughs> and I don't want to die. She's a fruit skin allergy. Yeah. You know what? I knew it. I, I mean, I know I've known you a long time, so I knew that. And then I made this giant sangria with all the chopped up fruit, fruit in it. With the skin on it. With the skin on it. And Wilty's yeah. looking at me like, I, I, can't, I can't eat this. Yeah. I can't drink this. <laughs> I can't drink it. But when I was younger, before I had it, I ate candy apples all the time. Not okay. caramel. Candy apples were the best. The best. But the... because I want to live, I'm going to crush them. Okay. Uh, I'm going to cruise with the cotton candy. Okay. I cannot get enough. Ew. I love the way you it melts. You my husband. I love the way it melts in my mouth. <laughs> I just put it. It crystallizes. I don't like, like the blue. Hard. Shut it. Shut it. Sorry. I don't like the blue. I like the red. The pink. What's the difference in the taste? Oh, it's Nothing. blue raspberry versus like um, a cherry. There's different flavors. There is? Yes. I thought it was just a color. I thought no, it was a color, no, too. they definitely taste different. It's you were my husband. In her own mind. He, so Gracie will come home with a bag of cotton candy, and he digs in the cotton candy for the specific color. Oh. Yes. And Gracie's yes. like, don't, Yellow's don't, not bad, too. I think it comes in yellow, no, you've but touched pink, all my cotton candy. It's gross. Yeah, no. Blue is bad, but I would, do, I would definitely cruise with pink. Um, and then I'll do coffee with fried dough. I love fried dough. My mother used to make it, too, so it's not quite the same as mm-hmm. the way my mother used to make it. Um but just powdered sugar as well. No cinnamon sugar. No, that's just silly. Sorry. Cinnamon sugar on a funnel cake, maybe. You could do... What big... the fuck difference is there between a funnel cake and fried dough? What are you talking about? Funnel cake just has holes. No, no. Funnel cake is batter. Like, 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 almost, cake batter. like a like, batter that goes into the fryer later. Fried dough is an like, actual piece of like pizza bread. dough. That goes in. It, it all tastes the same. No, 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 no. I, 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 wait a minute. Fried dough and funnel cake are two vastly different things. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, is, is the carnival open today? Do we need uh, well, to go I'm cruising have, with both of them. I don't, they do yeah. not have funnel cakes at the carnival, only at Disney, and only in that special space by um, America. In America at, at Epcot. Yeah. Because you got to go get the funnel cake and then the. Um, Ask me where any food item is in Disney and <laughs> yes. I will give you the location. <laughs> Write an email. I know where it is sold. That's true. The Dis- the Japanese uh, um, snow cones, snow cones snow are. Cones. Yep. If you ever do go, everybody yeah. out there, go to America and get the funnel cake. Walk 75 feet down to Japan. To Japan and get. Um, a snow cone. Okay. I know the alcoholic beverages. Well, that's good. Where yeah. That's located. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so what are you doing? Oh, me. Um, I am I am absolutely cruising with the candy, candy apple. apple. <laughs> I mean, and what my kids, it, can I just ask you my this? My kids love the candy apple, too. Not what Henry. is the um, candy shell even taste like? You know, it, it's it's a specific flavor of yeah, like... Yeah, it's hard to It's really good. It's like a cherry kind of... Candy, like a Jolly Rancher on kind the outside of, of an yes. apple. Yes, it tastes like a, it, it's got that consistency, a Jolly Rancher consistency. But you wouldn't like bite a Jolly Rancher, so it's a little softer. softer. 
It's its, its own flavor. Candy really apple is its own flavor. Have you ever tried one? And no. It's one well, of my, then you can't talk about it. You have no idea what you're talking about. It's my favorite color nail polish as well. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I mean, it's a great color. You cannot beat that. And it looks delicious. They look amazing. But I love a caramel apple, too. There's nothing yeah. that you can't put on an apple that I'm not upset with. So, peanut butter. Peanut butter. I'm in. Apples. Does Disney have candy apples? Yes. yes. Your 50th birthday, you're going to have one. Ooh. I'll cut it so yes. that you can make sure that the apple itself. Is Most times, I have never, ever bitten into a caramel or a candy apple and had a bad apple. Yeah. So, okay. speaking of apples, I know this is a weird tangent, but did you hear about the Descendants kid who got who who died? died. Seizure, right? And why I thought about that because of the whole story. Yeah. Yeah. So sad. Did Luke something. Cameron was his Cameron first Luke or something like that. I'm 20 years old. No, Maya came into M- M- too. Ava's room today. Now, why we need to tell Ava, who has oh, no, anxiety no. about the wind blowing, that anybody has died, I don't know. But Maya comes walking into what? Ava's room this morning yeah. to wake her up. Ava, Cameron Luke from um, Jesse died. And she's like, what? You know, sits up in her bed, horrified. Devastated. It's really sad. Yeah. I was like, this can't be real. Like, yeah. It's very sad. Anyways, mm. that's a weird segment way for me, but I think of, you know, Snow White and the yeah, Descendants and Candy Apples. Yeah. Anyways, I'm going on the cruise with Candy Apples. I am going to coffee with fried dough because I absolutely fr- love fried dough. I can never, I, I'm not a can, I'm not a cotton candy fan at all. Oh None of the fingers it. are all sticky oh and Oh, yeah, you lick them. Listen, every year since I've had Grace, she's wanted a candy apple or cotton candy machine. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Every year she goes on day. These are the greatest ones. We've tried a couple of the toy ones, and it just never works. Yeah. You can never spin the cotton candy the way she would like it, because she absolutely loves cotton candy, and I refuse to spend whatever, $400 on an Amazon cotton I candy have, machine. Um, I, I, I did one. No. I, I was just going to say, I, I had did. a recollection of... Me. Yeah, and there was cotton candy blowing all over the house. Maybe. Because you're twirling it inside. I think it was raining. Probably. And it's that big fan blower machine, and you pour the sugar in. And yeah, you're wrapping it around the cone, but it was like... It should be covered. I don't think there was was a cover cover on it. It's like a big metal thing. It's like the one you see at the carnival, and we just did it. It was great. Well, as most of you know out there, I'm a little bit anal when it comes to the... Can you imagine cotton candy blowing around your house? No, I can't imagine. I'm with you with the sticky fingers. I can't do the cotton candy Ugh. no with you i don't know one of you guys me. so yes crushing cotton candy if i never I see the cotton hard candy too oh my Ew. god <laughs> disgusting anyways okay i do have a caramel apple sitting on my counter oh. wait, waiting for me to go for it i wish i got a candy one and we'd, we'd have a we'd yes. have to video we'd have to have sydney have video it. i would not be having any okay and we're out thanks for listening everybody follow us on momsaveamerica.com and all of these social media apps and um email us at momsaveamerica at gmail.com thank you so much